tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Hey, hey, welcome you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Always excited to be here Super on a Monday. today. <laughs> yes, so thank you guys so much for tuning in to the after show for Super Soul Conversations, the podcast by Oprah, and we know Oprah is going on her vision, the 2020 vision tour, which has been so amazing. This week we chatted, well, she chatted, with Amy Schumer, and there were so many gems and jewels to share, but we have a little gem ourselves in the studio <laughs> right now, and Milet is in the building. So guys, if you've been listening along with Oprah's podcast, we talk about wellness, we talk about spirituality, all things in life to help us get better, and I couldn't think of a better guest Thank than you. Ed Milet. He's got almost 2 million Instagram followers, entrepreneur, motivational speaker of Max Out Your Life. Basically, you just help people in so many ways. You are not in any box. You have an answer for everything, it seems. Thank you. So we're super excited for you to be here and to get your insight on some of these topics of the podcast today. Honored to be with you. Thank you for the intro. Yes. Um, let's get it going. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm so blown away, and you guys know how excited I get on the show, so let me calm down just a little bit. <laughs> she always tells me, no, girl, just do it. Just yeah, be excited. Bring it. Yes. Don't hide the energy. <laughs> so Max out, of course, when preparing for his show, we are watching everything you and really diving into what you do. Tell us, and I know you listened to the podcast, the 2020 um, Vision Tour with Oprah. Mm-hmm. Tell us why you think it is so important that we as humans and entrepreneurs and actors and all these things share our stories. Well, one of the most important reasons you share your story is so that you can connect with people. I think a lot of times if you've had some success, whatever it is, people kind of think you're different than they are. And the more they kind of understand where you started from, I love talking about when I began because it's hilarious, right? And I think it lets people know. It takes their excuses away, number one. A lot of times it's kind of convenient. If you think somebody who's really successful is special or different than you, then it kind of forgives your lack of progress, right? So I think it's important to tell people stories because it gives them hope. It connects with them. And I've tried to do that on my social, just being really vulnerable with how I started, what I was, what I'm still afraid of, you know, what, what I'm still concerned about, what challenges I still have. And I think that just helps people come on the journey with you. That's why people follow you on social is they want to follow your story. They want to root for you. Was that hard for you to make that decision to ultimately be so open with all of not really knowing what kind of you information you might receive back big time because I'm, <laughs> I'm really introverted right really? yeah even coming here tonight you know not oh, knowing what I was yeah, walking I into that nope. and I find that with a lot of people who entertain or speak you guys have probably found that too people that are sort of in the public it's surprising how many have the sort of shy or introverted nature but yeah I was and I liked my privacy for a while now I love it because to think that anything I have to say is helping another human being is like the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. This is the happiest I've ever been in my life because mm. I feel like I'm kind of home. I'm doing something that makes a difference for other people. I just, I love how that feels. The beginning of this podcast talks about Amy saying she, or Oprah actually saying she didn't want to ask for favors in the world, but I know that I that's that. sometimes that we have to ask people for things. What's your standpoint on that? I, th- I believe in the law of reciprocity. So love. Oprah is a perfect example of that. Oprah, if anybody, should be willing to ask for favors because she's done so much for humanity, right? I mean, I don't care how old you are, where you grew up, Oprah Winfrey's probably made a pretty big difference in your life, right? And I've never, everything I've ever accomplished in my life has come from other people helping me. 
So it says it takes a village to raise a child, you know that saying? I think it takes other people to raise a successful person. Mm -hmm. And so all the things I've ever had, it isn't me, it's God's grace and other people who have helped me, who believed in me or cared about me, and that I actually asked for help, which I still do to this day. I'm willing to ask people for help because I know I don't have all the answers and I'm not that good on my own. Right, I think absolutely. Yeah, no, I just agree to what you're saying. It does take a village, and we all need help. And something that Amy Schumer is really good at doing, if you listen to the podcast, is being open. Like she's (laughs) like putting it all out there. She hadn't pooped in five days or something. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) Really, I know it's it's like TMI at its finest. (laughs) That was way out there. Job to be a comedian, but at the same time, that's not always so easy. Just to be completely herself even showing up in sweatpants and it's just something yeah. is so yes. authentic about that yeah and i think it was cool also that she was sort of willing in this thing to talk a little bit about her fears and when she failed in stand up and i think it's when you kind of get past this thing like she talked a lot about self-loathing and turning into self-love and i find like when i'm more honest with other people about what i'm afraid of it almost loses its power over me well, I think we're a lot more alike than we are different. A lot of us, you were yes. speaking before, how a successful person, a lot of times we think they're over here and I'm over there, but we all start from the same child and not the same experiences, but we're just little kids who grow yeah. up and figure out this big world together. So a lot of us, Amen. if we just talk to each other, we realize, oh, we're not so off in different worlds than we thought we were. No, we're we're all connected. We're all God's children. I know that's kind of like really easy to say, but I was watching her and I was thinking, you know, you we don't. Her and I don't look alike, right? She's a female. I'm a male. And I was thinking all of the things she was saying. A reason it's so funny to me is it connects with something in me. Mm-hmm. We've all had that not feeling good about how we look. And she took her shirt up and showed her belly, and then the deal where she was in her underwear and how good the big underwear felt on her. I'm like, everyone's <laughs> always felt insecure about their body at some point in time, and that's how you connect with people. It's like I'm that way too. She may manifest it differently, but I felt like I really I didn't know a lot about Amy before this, and I'm like now I'm a huge fan. Like I'm. Really Rooting for her. Exactly. I even told my wife, I said, get in here. And we're Aww. both watching it together. And she's like, I love her. I'm like, let's go see her live sometime. She right? says so. the things that people are thinking but don't say. You're right. Yep, exactly. Yeah, she's very funny and relatable. And something that stood out to me that I know relates directly to entrepreneurship is she says, showing up in patience and kindness for yourself. Like, we're all mm. asking ourselves Am I doing this right? Yeah. So, how do you think that speaks directly to not only entrepreneurship but authenticity? Well, Patience is a tough one for me because there's a lot of preaching about that, particularly for young people. You know, be patient, be patient. But However, what I found, and I know you guys have found this too, someone like Amy, she's been patient with her progress, but you take an Oprah Winfrey or an Amy Schumer or you guys, you have not gotten where you are because you sat on your hands. And I think sometimes that's a little bit misunderstood by people. I call it like aggressive patience. Mm. Patience doesn't mean don't run full speed. People will say, well, business or life or whatever I'm doing is a marathon. Yeah, but there's a whole bunch of people running full speed the whole race. And I, you know, I feel like sometimes young people hear from people on social media that, you know, just enjoy your twenties. Hey, I became a millionaire in my twenties. Zuckerberg became a billionaire in his twenties. Kylie Jenner became very successful in her twenties. You start looking, there's a lot of people who have done something young in their life. So there's a way of being patient with yourself, but at the same time, not using that sort of as a reason not to run your race. Like you got to run your race in life. Everyone's competing to get to some place in life, and you got to run. Uh, Amy Schumer didn't get where she was. 
because she was just patient. She got because she was willing to go on the road for $50 and do gigs when other people wouldn't make that. She, I was reading about her. She, she goes, when she goes into a town when she wasn't big, she go do radio shows the morning before just to promote to sell tickets to her events. So she's a hustler. Mm. There's a secret. Oprah Winfrey's a hustler. Oprah Winfrey did not get, there was nobody on television like Oprah Winfrey before an Oprah Winfrey. And Absolutely. she got there because she was great. She hustled. She was vulnerable to your point. But not all of it was just patience, right? This is a woman who was in a hurry to do something great with their life. And look at this. She could be president if she wanted to. Well, and you speak about, which I love, about understanding that you might not be in the situation you want to be in. But that doesn't mean you can't be happy. But still wanting more. Still not being satisfied. But enjoying even... You you spoke about your wife having steak. I believe it was Rachel <laughs> Hollis podcast. Yeah. You said that she was enjoying the bites as she had them, which made her want more. Yep. And I had a huge realization in my own life that, yes, I can be a hustler and I want things to happen tomorrow. But the reality mm. is it hasn't happened yet, but I'm yep. not going to quit fighting. Yep. But I'm not going to make it worse by being miserable while I'm here You're at the same time. so right. Because exactly. I was doing that. I was making it awful for myself most people there's two giant diseases right now right one of them is really over concerning yourself with other people think about you that's a biggie and the other one is what you just said it's this notion that i'll be happy when Mm -hmm. you delay it when i get this promotion when i make this amount of money when i find my dream relationship and you're delaying your happiness to a future destination the problem with that is you have to bring you with you when you get there Correct. <laughs> and, and, and you're going to be in that mansion. And if you can't be happy where you are now, you're not going to be happy in that bigger house because it's just you with a bunch of more furniture. And this notion, we have this thing. People, Achievers think, well, if I enjoy it, I'm going to lose my drive. So if I can somehow keep myself miserable and not enjoying this, that's where my drive and ambition comes from, which isn't true, mm-hmm. but it's a false belief. And then the other part of it is I need these things in order to be happy. So I teach something called blissful dissatisfaction, which means you can be blissful and still dissatisfied. People conflate happiness and satisfaction like Correct. they're the same thing. They're completely not the same thing. You can be blissful and still dissatisfied. So you can happily want more. So there's this gap between what you know you're capable of and where you are. That pull power is Awesome. You want that in your life. I guarantee you, if you asked Amy or Oprah right now, hopefully they're both living blissfully. Like when Amy was talking about her family, I could see something on mm-hmm. her face I didn't see in past clips once I looked her up. But I bet you both of them believe they could be doing more. So they're blissfully dissatisfied. They want to give more. Look at Oprah Winfrey. She could be anywhere in the world doing anything she wants. The next interview she does is with Dwayne Johnson. Can't wait to see that. It's going to be awesome. She has 103 fever through the whole interview. Oh, my gosh. She didn't need to be there, right? But she wants to be there because she knows she can contribute more. That's blissful dissatisfaction. And it speaks to, of all the things she has in life and all the money and resources, she still feels her highest power as a human being when she's helping others. And that's what you say. You say when you're not feeling well that the best way to get yourself out of that headspace is to do something for someone else. That's my pathway is to go contribute. And it's easy to say, but I didn't learn it till I was like my early 20s. And what happened was I was an athlete. My baseball career didn't work out. And I was unemployed, living in my mom and dad's house like Loserville. And my dad just got sober. He was at an AA meeting, his first sobriety meeting. He goes, hey, man, this dude at the meeting got you a job tomorrow. Show up there. I'm like, what? Like, I had a choice. I'm like, well, what is it? What's it paying? He's like, doesn't matter. You're going, right? You're eating all our our, uh, our food out of the fridge. And I, sh- <laughs> I show up the next day, and it's an orphanage in, in San Dimas here called McKinley Home for Boys. It's hundreds of boys. And all the boys are wards of the court, meaning their parents are dead, incarcerated, or unfortunately, like, molested them. Mm. And I walk into this cottage at Cottage 8 at 7 o'clock in the morning. 
and 12 of these boys turn and look at me and my whole life changed because all these little boys wanted was someone to love them, care about them, believe in them, and help them live a little bit better. That's all they really wanted. And my life changed because, like, oh, my gosh, it's me. I was there when they went trick-or-treating. I was there for Christmas. I was there every day before they went to school. And I was like, this is my home. I love helping people. I never knew that in my early 20s. It was so ego-driven. Here's what I found out about everybody. You know what everybody wants? People to love them, believe in them, care about them, and help them live a little bit better. Those boys are no different than any person listening to this or watching this right now. I agree 100%. You just see so many problems in the world, and it's especially sad with mental illness. And we were talking about suicide rates earlier before the show. And I believe so much of it just stems from a lack of being seen, a lack of communication. People just don't talk to each other anymore. You're right. They feel invisible. Exactly what you said earlier. And your point about vulnerability and authenticity is so huge because when you're not living your best life and things aren't going well, and then you grab that phone of yours and everybody inside your phone's at the club, everybody's partying, everyone's making millions of dollars, everybody's smiling, everybody looks great. And then you start comparing Mm-hmm. where you are to this fake life you see where everyone took 25 pictures to post that one but man they look good in that one and it's this not real life i'm finding the best people on social media are the realest they're the ones going this isn't my best day i'm going through it today i don't even look my best today kind of like what amy did right. in the interview right or oprah's story in the interview where her uh stedman comes home and she's in the lingerie <laughs> on the stairs he's like what are you doing yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like doesn't that. that makes you connect with her more than if it was just some super hot picture of her in that lingerie Absolutely. right and jamie i know you can probably relate to this even when you see the glitz and the glamour when you're actually at these clubs that everyone's talking about yep they're not having fun. It's oh my boring. Gosh. Everyone's just on their phones making it look like they're having fun, but they're not. It's remarkable you say this. I was at the Grammys last night. And, nice. And it was, no, but it was, I was in the middle of the break and I was like, there's not a human being in here talking to each other. No right. Everybody's on their phone. Everyone's yeah. taking pictures. Everyone's texting. Everyone's DM. I'm like, maybe there should be a rule for like eight minutes. We all put our phone down and actually That'd enjoy how incredible this moment is that we're all That's... here tonight. No one was present at all. The logic doesn't even really yeah. make sense when you're thinking, I need to let everyone know I'm here. But ironically, you're not even here. You know what <laughs> so I mean? True. Like, you're not even actually in the moment and I work on it too but I mm-hmm. I know you were saying you didn't have social media before yeah. so now that you're on it now that you see what the younger generation is mm-hmm. kind of getting into what are your thoughts I worry about it a little bit even for myself yeah. I'm a grown man I'm almost 50 years old and I still find myself when I make a, and I'm not just being real sometimes I make a post I'm like wow that didn't get didn't do very well did did I say something I still I'm always Mr. do it for everybody else which I do intend when I do things to help other people but there's still this ego part of me that's like well do they like it is it okay should I not say that again Validation. So I, I worry about that as well but I, as a net it's a win because it connects us with each other as a net when I was young like in personal development there was one dude Tony Robbins and you had to buy his tapes or his CDs tells you how old I am, right? To actually <laughs> listen to his stuff. Now there's you can get access. I'm not saying I'm Tony, but there's you can get access to people like me or people that can give you hope. Or if you want to lose weight and get in shape, there's people you can get free information from. The amount of information that's out there now that we have access to is awesome. As long as we don't allow those things to control us, as long as we control it, and I'm I'm pretty good about that. And I was thinking about that driving out here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've cut my social media time down considerably. Your phone will tell you how long you're on there, mm-hmm. right? And I've cut it way down because I want to be present. I want to be in the real world. Last Sunday, I was at my daughter's volleyball game and I sat for nine hours next to a man who was a wonderful father. 
And one of the things I noticed about him is how present he was with his daughters and how engaged he was in every point and every play. That man was Kobe Bryant. Oh. Yeah, I was just, I knew I, I knew that's who you had to have been speaking oh, about. Gosh. It's been You're very challenging again. to... Sat nine hours with this man. And I, um, I had noticed even that day... Uh, I, I'm sorry. No, I, it's I, you know, I know, it chills I, I know all over my body. Because as that. remarkable of a athlete as he was and an achiever, and in my space that's a big deal. Everyone references Kobe or Tiger or Jordan mm-hmm. or Tom Brady. Uh, I observed over the last many years an incredible, dedicated father. And what made him a great father was exactly what you just said. He was present. He was there with his girls when he was there. He wasn't on the phone the whole time. If anybody on earth could be distracted by devices, it would be that man. And he was present with every point, rubbing their back after the game and walking out with his arm around them. My last visual of Kobe last Sunday was the gym had emptied. There's at volleyball tournaments, there's tons of matches going on. It ended up the last match was ours. And um, I, for some reason, I don't even know why I did it, I stopped for a second and I watched him with his daughter, and I watched him as they were walking, put his arm around her and walk all the way out, just cradling her, you know, hugging her all the way out. And I just thought he's gentle with her the way a daddy should be, and he was present with her. So to your point, um, some of the people I respect and admire the most are the ones who are the most present with people, and Kobe was one of them. Yeah, that's such a blessing that you got to experience that, you know, with your own eyes, because I definitely wanted to ask you, with the kind of man that Kobe Bryant was, Mm -hmm. obviously his values were made known through his actions. Mm -hmm. What do you think that we as people can take from the example that he left? What a great question. I thought about that a lot today, like everybody. When someone that lives with that bright a light leaves, I just think it affects us differently for some reason. I. I'm not, I know I coach a lot of different athletes. I'm not necessarily enamored with how great a basketball player Kobe was, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Um, I think Kobe could teach us all something because we all know he didn't have a perfect life every day. I watched a man who got better in his life. I observed a man who grew and changed and became a better version of himself. And that's the most remarkable thing for me is that he was always a great athlete. He worked very hard. I think all that's admirable. But this is a man who certainly took inventory when he made mistakes and appears to be somebody who really made real change in his life, really wanted to pursue the best version of himself. That's a really easy thing to say. Amy and Oprah talked about it. But I've observed a man who really did do that in his life. And that's the thing for me that really sticks with me is I think Kobe's an example of somebody who can grow and improve and change and become a better version of himself. Not that he was a bad or a good man before, but this is someone who certainly matured and grew and his priorities that made him happy became more clear to him as he moved through his life. That's, to me, the most admirable thing about Kobe. And I'm seeing the parallel between Kobe and Amy Schumer. And to me, I'm an 80s baby, so I'm super old school. And we grew up, family was everything. We hear Amy Amy talk about it. We hear Kobe talk about it. What do you think the value of family and partnership is when it comes to life and entrepreneurship. Well, when you get older, as you know, that circle of your friends seems to shrink Mm -hmm. and your family becomes more and more important. I'm blessed. I met my wife when I was five years old and she was four years old. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? And you, you just... It's just not something that you hear every single day anymore, right? I don't think I've ever heard that. No, you don't. You used to, kind of. Yeah. But it's just things have changed a lot. Yeah, a couple generations ago you would. So Mm -hmm. it's important, you know, and I I have a dad who's 
you know, battling cancer right now and not doing great with it. And so everything happens for you and not to you. Right. And I was even thinking today, like how in the world is what happened with Kobe in any way good? Because it's obviously a (sighs) tragic, right? But but I put everything through these tests of things I teach. And for every single person affected by this, I guarantee you, just at least for this moment, your own children, your own parents, your own family is that much more precious to you. Maybe today would have been one of those days where if mom called, you might put her to voicemail and call her back. But because of what you observed yesterday, you pick it up. I love you, mom. And you make a difference. The things... it. Tragedies give us perspective. Correct. So my dad's cancer has given me perspective. Like, it's great that I have a jet. It's great that I have a big house. I want everybody to have those things. But I'll tell you this right now. You can take every jet I'm ever going to own in my life if I can have 50 more years with my dad. Yep. Right? I can't relate to that right. anymore. My mom has early onset Alzheimer's. And mm, before I moved to California, seeing her in the home, not even, you know, Alzheimer's aside, but just seeing okay, this is what it looks like at the end. We're going to need someone to help us do everything. I practically raced to the airport after that, and I I learned how to communicate without words out of this horrible tragedy that I still scratch my head and get mad about sometimes trying to find answers. I can't deny that I've learned so much, and I've... I don't know if I would have evolved to be the person I am if it didn't happen. I agree with you. I'm sorry to hear that. I appreciate that. That's wonderful that you've seen that blessing. I find in myself, like, things that would really set me off. I'm like, really? Compared to I might lose my dad? Mm -hmm. You know, and and you begin to have perspective. And the good news is if you have any faith, whatever you believe, you know, if you do have that, you do believe that Kobe and his daughter and the other people, by the way, that were on that helicopter that not everybody knows, the coach at OCC College and his family, that that this is just a flicker in eternity for them, right? And that although we're really hurting here in our small moment of time, that there's an eternity that they're going to be together. And for me, it's, it's, there's always something precious about it. And for me, I'm so grateful that I just by happenstance last Sunday was with him, Yeah. you know, and I, I hope for everybody that you just, you think about what's really important to you. And maybe that patience thing you said earlier, you know, how blessed do you feel to be alive? How blessed do you feel to have another breath, to have another day? And maybe you would have just woken up today like it was another day. Now we're all so grateful that we're here Correct. and that we have this moment. So tragedy can give us perspective. And that doesn't mean that everything about that tragedy is good because it is not. It's there's terrible elements of it, but there are things that happen for us in those moments. And I feel like probably those are some of them. Yeah, I would have to agree. Just to speak back to the patience and the ego, I have been someone who was like, crazy tenacious. If I wanted to write a book, it was like, this book needs to be done at the end of the week because I'm not playing. I'm not, you know, so I used to have this tenacious thing. But You know, I think in these tragedies, we find the balance because it did become, oh, my God, I'm like buried at this computer. I'm always out. Like, I missed so much time with my family and sister because I had to have the vision that I saw play out. And um, in your conversation, actually, with Daryl Strawberry, which was Mm -hmm. amazing, listening to that just delighted my soul. Talk about someone who also has a comeback from where they started. The tragedy. um, So you brought something up and and I'm seeing it in myself, the ego times and the times that I went through and what I've learned, it was a benefit for many reasons. And we talk about the test to testimony and how the trials we go through are for others. Yes. And I know I want to be sensitive with the Kobe situation. So even just in general, how do you feel like our trials are really, we talk all the time about 
helping people and that's what we're here to do. So how do you think our trials benefit the lives of others? Yeah, when you're going through that test, it will someday, if you persevere, be your testimony. It's what's going to inspire people. Perfect people don't inspire anybody, right? Flawed flawed people do. And so I thought about all that with, with Kobe today, and I want to be sensitive to that too. But I have to tell you, if I thought Kobe was some perfect dude... Then when I saw him loving on his daughters the way that he always has when I've been around him, I don't know that I would have thought, hey, I'm capable of that too. This is like a superhuman. But because I know there were some missteps in his life at different times, and then to see how wonderful he was with his daughters, and I, little things I noticed, like, for example, just to give everybody just more love for him, I watched as a dad how uh, at the breaks during the games, he was the one taking the baby into the restroom to change the diaper. You oh. may think that's nothing, right? But, like, to me, I watched him holding that little one and how, you know, just really present and concerned and caring he was. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I knew he wasn't a perfect person inspired me. I started evaluating, am I, do I, do I hug Bella enough? Mm -hmm. Am I been hugging her enough? I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that I thought about this today and my daughter was at school and I should do this every day, but I don't. Mm -hmm. And it's on my phone right now. I just texted her. I love you, which was really basic. I should do that every day with my daughter. But I don't do it every day with mine. And she didn't respond. And then right before I pulled up tonight, I said, hey, I told you I love you. And she went back, oh, daddy, I love you. I'm sorry I was in class. But So that may seem super insignificant. I don't know what day that I love you found my daughter on, whether she needed that today or not. But that was inspired because all day I've been reflecting on what kind of a father and husband I am because of what I saw with Kobe. I'm not kidding you. That was my takeaway. So Amazing. that little tragedy spurred something in me that I know it'll and, and there's it'll it, it affected other people in different ways that will make them hopefully better at least in this moment. I really hope so too, and yeah. I I hope other people noticed what you noticed because mm. I think sometimes with the status and celebrity, people look at someone like him and think, "Wow, that's Kobe," but yeah. you're seeing the person, you're not seeing the title. And I think if a lot more people would look at people as people and not what their job title is, how much money they make if they just saw the person in front of them. That's how we connect because that's how we see, just like you said, the comparisons and how he treated his daughter, how you want to treat your daughter. And as far as timing with whenever she received the message, there's never a bad time to, yeah, to, to get yeah, a high yeah, from our daddy. Right. We love yeah. our daddies, by the way. I'm a daddy's girl. Like, My dad's coming this weekend. <laughs> daddies that's are awesome. everything. Yeah, I need to always remember that. And yeah, you know, I just, I'll be honest with you, I'm filled with uh, so many thoughts today about the world and seeing so many people hurting too over that and just know that your vulnerability your weaknesses don't define you that in even the things right now that you're ashamed of that nobody knows about that you're embarrassed of or ashamed of that doesn't define the rest of your life daryl said something really uh profound in our interview he said um you're not a mistake you've just made a mistake that was so good yeah and it felt good for me because i there are things i know about me i'm not proud of that not anybody knows and we start stacking those things about ourselves ourselves. we are we beat ourselves up amy talked beautifully about that why do you think it is easier to go to the negative over the positives because our identities are low as people, there's something that happens to us when we're young, when we're closer to God, when we're young, that we have this belief and hope and 
and, and energy about us. And over time, we have these experiences in our life that we start filing away. Even little things yeah. when we're parenting, be quiet, be a good girl, sit down. You know, and then we have these failures or and there's something that happens at school. And our identities are so low. The most powerful force in the world, in the world, other setting faith aside, which is beyond this world, but in this world, is to be consistent with your identity, is to produce results externally in your life, consistent with internally your worth what you believe you deserve. It's hard to accept, mm. but what you're getting in your life right now, this is so hard to accept. You believe you deserve. You're it's producing external true. results. Malcolm X had this great quote. Malcolm X said, that which you do not hate, you will eventually tolerate. Mm. There's got to be this part of you that knows you deserve better than how someone's treating you or the financial results you're getting or maybe the body you're living in. There's got to be a part of you that wants to change that. In turn. It's like a thermostat. Right here is a perfect temperature in the room. Right. It's like 75 degrees, right? That identity for your life sets the whole temperature for the outside part of your life. If we open this door and hot air blew in here, like me talking, <laughs> right, the air conditioner will cool that right back down to the 72 degrees. If it's freezing air, the heater will kick on and get it back up to 72 degrees. That thermostat is your identity in your life. That's why sometimes you really get life going. You're in better shape. You're in a good relationship. You're making some money, and you wake up at six months, and you go, oh, life's back where it was. You turned the air conditioner on and cooled your life back to what you believe you deserve. And, and that comfort safe zone, too. You stay there. So th that thing of changing, I'm not 72 degrees. I'm 100 degrees. I'm 150 degrees. You will find eventually you'll heat up your life, and the external results of I your like life that. will match that thermostat setting. But we don't work enough on, we call it self-love or self-belief or self-worth. And there's strategies you can have that can help that. But we don't work on us. And so we keep going. I keep coming back to that 72 degrees. Every time I get life going and I'm happier, I cool it back down. And I get in a good relationship and I lose it. I get a little bit of money and it's back. I lose a little bit of weight and it comes back. Whatever that thing is for you, that's your self-worth regulating the temperature of your life. And you've got to work on that. That's why people go negative. Do you see someone or have you ever worked with someone that it seems like by the book they're doing everything they should be doing, but they're just not seeing the results or getting to that place? And what oh, do you say? Lots of people. And yeah. what I'm going to try to t change with them, two things. One is their self-confidence level. Self-confidence is the process of keeping the promises you make to yourself over and over. That's how you can change you. That's, That's a controllable thing, right? The other, And start with some small promises. How What time you get up in the morning? Whatever it might be. The other thing is, and everyone's says this, but it's huge. My life is a product of who I've surrounded myself with. I'm constantly trying to find people who, and here's the big thing, that believe in me. Mm. I want people around me who believe in me. Everyone says, I just want my friends to accept me for who I am. I don't want my friends to do that. I want a few, but I want a few who don't accept what I'm getting out of my life. I want a few better. who go, you're better than that. You all That's have good. you all have a girlfriend or a, a friend. Who's, I just tweeted this. That's yeah. so weird. Okay. This morning, yeah. I just okay. said that you should. Life is way too short to allow yourself to be surrounded by people that don't want what's best for you. That's right. That's actually really weird that you just said that. And you, and you, that's beautiful that you said that. And you couldn't be more right. And so many people settle in their lives because of that internal thermostat. This is really what I think I'm worth. We complain about it. We know it doesn't feel right. We know we, but somehow we keep producing those same results because that's what we think we're worth. And maybe you weren't raised, you know, maybe you didn't, weren't raised in a family where everybody built your self-worth up. You know, maybe there was an experience that happened, but you control this. Life is too short for you to be passively standing by going, this is just what I'm going to get. You mm. got to take control of your life. You have one life. If anything happened the last 24 hours, you ought to be going, this is precious that I'm here. What a blessing I have this life and do something great with it. You were born, just remember this, you were born to do something great with 
your life. You weren't born to be average and ordinary. You were born to do something extraordinary with your life. And when you were a little girl or a little boy, there were flashes and moments in your life when you knew it. <laughs> uh-huh. You just felt it. You couldn't describe what it was. You weren't sure what it was going to be. But there was this feeling you had that made you feel special. Maybe it was just for an instant. Maybe it was a daddy or a mommy or an uncle or a coach or someone who made you feel that way. They were right about you. That doesn't mean jets and wealth. It might be something small you do. Some of the most successful people in the world are behind people that you see like me, yeah. that built me up, that, that don't have lots of money, that you'll never know their names, but they were my teacher. They were my coach who'd pull me in and, Eddie, you're special. You're going to do something great. You're awesome. Those are amazing human beings. And that was their destiny was to help lift me up, right? Don't, don't go through this life not believing and knowing you were born to do something great. That's not rhetoric. I'm not saying that to motivate you. I'm telling you the truth. And you were yeah. born in the image and likeness of whatever God you believe Correct. in. Their DNA is running through you. Do something great with it here now. And that's smart. Just to piggyback off what you said, I never want people, especially in the age of comparison, because we have social media now, to downplay their role and their purpose. Just because you're not Ed Milet yeah. or Kobe Bryant it somebody's purpose like you said could have been to be in the background and sit you down one day and tell you that the, and them speaking from their heart is just as valuable and grand as and purposeful as the jets the this the you know it's, and that's it, i guess where we separate the ego right being satisfied with what you've done as a person without necessarily being on a huge platform that's the thing with social aren't you right you know you think hey if it's not some big platform i don't win an award for it then no it doesn't count this, right it doesn't count if no one's seen this and you know you take i was talking about my dad and his alcoholism the hero in my family is my mom mm. she has four babies at home and this man's coming in and out and having you know drinking and she kept us secure she held our family together she's a rock she's amazing i i have a lot my followings about 60 40 women and particularly with women i find them not thinking they're living up to what they're capable of they really do this even more than men do mm-hmm. you know i'm just a mom i'm just a school teacher i'm like are you kidding me what you're doing mm-hmm. is amazing oh, yeah. give yourself some credit in the difference you're making in someone's life my sister's a pre uh, a school teacher and she's blind she oh, has wow. diabetic retinopathy so she can't see she can't drive anymore mm-hmm. And she's quiet, and and if you're in a room, she wouldn't speak the whole time. She's changed hundreds of children's lives over the years. She doesn't have the ability to see. She can't drive a car. It would be easy for her to think, I'm not making a difference in the world. Every day, Mm. there's a precious child in that room who's going through something at home that's horrible, and their comfort is my sister. When God. they come see her every day, she's she's living her purpose. She's doing something great with she her life. She sees their hearts. It doesn't have good. to be right. their eyes. Yeah. That's beautiful. And it speaks on what you said with tragedy, which you can look at that experience and think how terrible. But she almost seems like she's getting a like pain for type purpose. Of insight. Yeah. Wouldn't it be horrible if my parents thought somehow my life was grander than hers. Luckily, I have the kind of parents who understand this. They're equally proud of both of us. She does it quietly every day with about 17 little children every day, year after year. Fourth grade, Mrs. Ward at uh, Lutheran Christian schools she's in every day. She's doing something great with her life every day, and I always remind her of it. I'm proud of her. 
That's amazing. Yeah. God bless her and yeah. that. I love yeah. hearing that. Yeah. Well, I think we did an amazing job kind of talking about this podcast, the points, and having a conversation with you. And before we go into our special segment, which is our, um, we have our news and gossip. We want to talk about your podcast. We have Haley's Super Soul Poll. And then we have your Own Your Soul moment, which you can join in and tell us how you're going to own your soul for the week. Um, but before we do that, one last thing that Amy Schumer said in her interview, um, well, that Oprah asked, was what's the dream for your family? Yeah. So what's the dream for your family? I loved her answer, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Thought it was so awesome. Mm-hmm. I think, didn't she start with that they were they were gonna poop or something? Yeah. I think what she said. <laughs> I'm sure it was. So, so when I saw that, I thought maybe they're gonna ask me that. And that the cool thing is my family's really clearly defined on that. And so mm. it's one of the things I talk about with my kids all the time. I, and you may think this is corny, but I tell my kids all the time, we're gonna do something great as a family. Oh, I, I tell them that, that all the time. You just I just told you, you I do text something great my with your friends life. today, something yeah. great's gonna happen. I, I just do it when I get the feeling. Yeah. I tell them that all the time. And I just tell them that what we do as a family is we give and we believe in giving to other people. And so my kids know this all the time, specifically what I want to do with my family is I want to raise two children in the world who one are socially conscious, that want to make a difference for other people and that are just kind. The two uh-huh. things I'm measuring with my children is how's their self-esteem, that identity thing. Cause I, we have faith in our family. So how's that identity thing? And then what's their kindness level? And I'm really proud of both of them. Thanks to their mom. I think I have two particularly uniquely kind children who, when I observe them with other people, I think they're kind. I've just tried to reinforce that. I just want to be a kind family. Must make you so proud to see them. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think all of, you know, it's easy to be biased about your own kids, but I don't care how rich they become or whether my son's going to play college golf, but he becomes a professional golfer. Like, is he a good man? Is yeah. he kind? Ooh, yes. Does he just does he give to people? And so far, so good. So I hope just that's like what we do. Just like with Kobe's passing, these are the things you think about when he's gone. The person he was, not his records, not his stats, but the person he was. Correct. Amen. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, so now is the a great opportunity to dive into our news and gossip. News and gossip. <laughs> so we're keeping it short. I, basically, I just wanted to shout out your the Ed Milet podcast show because Which is amazing. Clearly, you have so much good <laughs> advice and wisdom. So I just want to advise everyone out there to please check out his podcast. You will not regret. Just I was even just watching the YouTube videos Thank before you. coming here, and I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. <laughs> that's that's like, so good. You, you so inspired. Connect with people, and that's a true. Blood. And that's the one thing. Social media can be toxic, mm. but how amazing can it also be when you see? I've gotten so much insight with podcasts yes. more than I think I could have ever in the past couple of years. Just I've learned so much, and yeah. I feel different yeah. in a better way. Well, thank you. That's great to hear because that makes it worth doing because it's free, right? <laughs> so there ain't any money in it. So I'm glad to hear that it's making a difference for humans. That's why I'm doing it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We enjoy it. So um, now, so we're going to go into Own Your Soul, our special segment. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. <laughs> so Own Your Soul is a segment that we put together because we were like, okay, we're learning all these great things. We are motivated to change and grow. And we think, how are we going to, what are we going to implement in our week that we have learned to evolve ourselves and to own our soul and what we can do and grow? Yeah. So this is the segment where we talk about that. Whoa. Yes. Heavy. Um, yeah. And you know, I think I'm okay with starting, and we'll end on you so you okay. can finish it up. But we I have was... the poll, too. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't do the poll. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Let's do the poll first before we own our soul. Pause. <laughs> er, er, er. 
Back Let's up. go to okay. that. So yes, each week you. I like to take a question from the podcast and I ask people their percentages of what they think. And we do talk a lot about giving back to others, but I'm really curious, what are your thoughts on putting yourself first with the whole put your life mask on first? And I asked the people of Instagram and 88% says, yes, you should put yourself first. 12% says no. I personally think mm. it could be very situational. I agree with you. But the, the overriding premise is you can't transfer to somebody that which you're not experiencing yourself. Mm-hmm. So a perfect example of that is you have to learn to love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, it's impossible to transfer that real love to somebody else in a real way. That belief, that certainty. So for me, that idea of when the mask falls, putting it on yourself isn't necessarily physical things. It's putting for yourself the feelings that you want to give to other people. The greatest gift you could give to your children, for example, is that you love you. Because if you do that, you can authentically love them full power and transfer that energy to them. Everything in life is an energy transfer. And you can't transfer energy to somebody that you don't possess. And so for me, it's about owning that energy, owning those beliefs so that I can give that gift away to somebody. You can't give me something that you don't have. And so that's what I mean when I say put myself first. I know what you're saying, that that can trend over to the selfish side of Mm -hmm. things in life. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about your cup needs to be full. Because you know, even as a leader in life, we're constantly pouring into other people. And if your cup is empty, you can't keep pouring. So you've got to fill your cup. And I believe you more when you say things that you say because I know there's a story, there's credibility. It's like, why would you believe a perfect person that hasn't actually lived it? There you so go. it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah like what would the relation be? Like, I don't get this. They're perfect. God made them better. Yeah. I, there's no relation. I'm not that, so I can't get anything from that. Yeah. yeah, it's very good to be authentic and personable. And, yes, you cannot give from an empty cup. Mm. It's just doesn't work that way so um thank you so much for that sorry for skipping the ball (laughs) and now we'll move into own your soul so um of course i went to your instagram page and the max out challenge got my attention (laughs) so this is what i'm going to be doing to own my soul because i was very inspired by kobe bryant i i just i feel connected to his mission and i do believe in god and if god is in us you know, and he's the creator, then we are too. So I feel it's very important. I love to create space where people feel like they can be their authentic self without judgment. They deserve that. Um, So I can get lackadaisical and tired and just a little too on the selfish side where I'm like, I don't have anything, but you know what? I do. And I can get up earlier. I can do many things that I saw on this list from your Max Out Challenge. Mm. And people deserve that from me. I do not want to show up and not be able to give because one day I'm not going to be here. I see it. God bless you. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, thank you. That's mm-hmm. It's just we speak about children and the lessons and how confident most kids are and how this somehow dies out when you learn more about the world. The world can be scary and you get scared of things. But I think the best lessons we ever learn are being younger when they say just treat people how you want to be treated. So that's how I want to, when I feel myself in the same way, getting selfish, maybe at work, if I'm supposed to offer water, it could be the smallest thing. But if I'm like, I don't really feel like that, I'm like, would I want someone to offer me? Would I want the best experience? Yeah. So every time I feel myself retracting from what I know in my heart I should do, I'm going to do it. So And trusting myself, I, I wanted to read more, and I said, you know what? Ed said pick realistic goals. I can at least do two pages a night. Awesome. So now I, I do it. two pages a night, and I I can confidently say I trust myself, and I'm accountable for what I tell myself I'm going to do. Yeah. And Good. it's just like what you do 
in one day just makes it so much easier in the bigger process. That big mountain just doesn't seem as high anymore when you're taking those baby steps each day. That's beautiful. Love it. Love it, right? Really That's so good. good. And what about you? How, I mean, you've yes. done so much. But. <laughs> no, believe me. I'm, I mess stuff all the time. We talked about before, just the premise of my life, what I try to govern my life by, and then I'll give you one thing I'm going to do. I try to govern my life by this belief that, you know, when I die someday, obviously I want God to say, great job. You know, I want that to happen. But I have this hallucination that I think at some point I'm going to meet the man that I was capable of becoming. Mm. The man who had the memories, the moments, the contribution, the feeling about himself, the difference he made in the world. I'm going to meet this man I was capable of being. And kind of all the decisions I make in my life typically are governed by I want to take the road to him. I don't always do it, but I don't take the road to him. To me, heaven is I meet that dude. And we're identical twins. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, I've been chasing you all my life, man. He goes, well, you caught me. I'm proud of you. And I become this man I was capable of being, so right? Hell would be that I get there someday and I meet this person and we're complete strangers. Mm-hmm. I went. I didn't become the man I was capable. I didn't help the people. I didn't have the feelings, the memories, the moments that I could have had. And I don't meet this destiny version of me. We're complete strangers. So one mm-hmm. thing I'm not doing enough of, I did with my daughter today. When I did it, I said, you need to do more of this. So my thing this week is everybody that enters my consciousness that I need to tell them, I tell them I love them. I have so many people in my life that I love, that I treat with love. But I don't tell them enough. And I got a bunch of dudes. You know, these dudes don't do that enough. There's going to be a bunch of dudes this week that are getting texts and calls from me going, hey, man, I just want to tell you. I know this is crazy. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. So I'm going to do a bunch of I love yous this week. And it felt good to do that. And I did it on the way out here with some buddies of mine and a couple girlfriends of mine. And I'm like, that's home for me this week. I need to tell That's more so people good. that I just love them. Just, I show them pretty well, but I'm going to tell them. There's a power just saying, hey, I, I love you. And what's going to be even more powerful is people look up to you. So by you being a macho man, that's going to say, hey, I love you. Mm-hmm. We're going to see so many more people saying, hey, I love you. And Correct. Just that would be let's cool. Let's fix the world by spreading love, right? Yeah. What, what other way can we do it? That would be cool. I would love that that would happen. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Thank you, Thank you so, so much for spending time this. with Happy us. Back. This is amazing. Yeah. Well, my we need like ever. two more hours. And like, you, Maria, um, from Mar- Maria's podcast, she always says life happens for us, not to us. Does. So you yes. guys would absolutely yeah. make that happen. I probably, I probably copied her then. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true, right? It's it all about a, perspective. Right? Yes. Thank you Can't so much. Can't wait to hear that. Thank you so much for tuning in. And before we get out of here, let's pe- let people know where they can follow you on social media, get your book, and everything that's important to you. Go to Instagram, at mylet, E-D-M-Y-L-E. ETT and we'll figure it out from there. Boom, got okay. it. And um, I'm Jamie Alexander, your host. Catch us same time, same place next week. And you can find me on Instagram at Jamie Alexander. You can find me Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to vote on the Sunday poll every Sunday at HeyJ, H-A-Y-J underscore. We'll see you next Monday, guys. Tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.